Optimism Vaccine. I'm Steve, and joining me today, I've got Adam Myros. Hello, Steve. Hi, pal. Are you excited for today? I mean, it, it better be great with the amount of work I put into this episode for no reason. I mean, it's not that bad, right? I mean, it's it's only, what is it? It's three movies. It's, it's The Northman. It's... it's <laughs> uh, the Lighthouse. The Witch. The Lighthouse. It's three movies, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I fucking wish. Uh, it's been a while since we've done, like, a, a proper, like, five-movie fucking run-through. It's, you, and you push for this, idea. Adam. I feel like this was your doing. Yeah, uh, this, is, this is your doing. So there's I only know, four on know. this episode. To be clear, you have to give us money for number five. That's mm, true. That's yeah. true. We're we, one is so dire that we can't publish it. Uh, to the main oh, that, that was what I jumped hardest for. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> I guess you could blame me because uh, initially I wanted to excise that film entirely, but when you insisted it be there, I was like, "Well, if we're going to include that, I guess we better also <laughs> include Mike, Amanda and the me, It would have been a mistake to excise it. It's it is a very much a thing. Oh, I, mm. I, I'm, I know our patrons are gonna are gonna love this discussion of this classic film that you, you, you insisted on being. <laughs> this has been the podcast people have been clamoring for. So, Jack, what I want to know is, we're gonna call this the egg rate rankings, okay? So you gotta you gotta rank the three eggs. You've got Robert Eggers. You've got Nicole Eggert, and you've got Dave Eggers. What's what's your order? Okay, who is who's the last one? Dave Eggers? That sounds the, super he's, he, he he's an author and he and he mm -hmm, also directed mm -hmm. Away We Go starring John mm -hmm. Krasinski. Well that's why he finishes dead last <laughs> dead last. Exactly. No, you work that's with the Jim from answer. the office, you are gone. You are dead as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. So yes, dead last. If you fucking share a meal with Jim from the office, I fucking hate your guts. Mm -hmm. Done. After that Oh, it's, you know what, a lot of people want to come out on Eggers hard, but honestly, I have liked both of the, kind of, I like The Witch, The the Lighthouse mm -hmm. I should watch again, because I watched in a cinema with bad sound, and I could not make out a fucking word anyone was saying for the entire movie, so I don't really know what it's about, and I haven't watched The Northman, but it seems, uh, seems okay, why not? Yeah, uh. I mean, that that's, that's pretty much my assessment there, is, I, you know, he's never made a movie that I'm over the moon about, but goddamn, he delivers uh, all of his shit. Yeah, I mean, like, people like he shit on The Witch, and honestly, like, it's not that, like, I thought it was pretty good. Like, as a debut, not not no. bad at all, frankly. Come yeah, on. The Witch is solid, and, and The Lighthouse, I mean, it's just a movie about hanging out with your boy, you know, just kind of like... It, sure, he's a little fetishistic about aspect ratios, like... Like, if you have to talk about, like, if you have to bring up the movie, it's like, oh, it's shot in this aspect ratio, like, any normal, rational human being will think you are a freak. Uh, and he mm. brought that into the discussion, so that's a bit awkward. But, you know, whatever. We are who we are. We we can't avoid these things. I well, heard this, this new film was for white supremacists. I just want to come out and say I'm against that. Uh, the only egg for me is Dr. Eggman. Hmm. <laughs> Jim Carrey. 
Absolutely. I, I don't much care for him. I, I only enjoy uh, his views on vaccines along with his, his wife. So, well, that's his that's his ex wife. Um, have, have we <laughs> yeah, have we checked out Jenny McCarthy's viability for this unofficial series? We have inadvertently Dude, stumbled into. How does she into? have a fucking career? How 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 is she so because the nineties was man. mixed up and confused? Jack, we have I, but, uh, we have vetted Jenny McCarthy, and she's not a prime candidate because I so. She's she's slightly later. We ran into the same problem with Carmen Electra, where they're they're about five years younger than your your Pamela Andersons, which you would not mm. think would make a huge difference. But it, it, there's like a seismic shift in the sort <laughs> of uh, video market in that period in time, uh, where that was really no longer kind of a viable launching point. So this this not a ton of interesting projects that either of their resumes. I mean, Jenny McCarthy has starred in many films, but most of them are like way into the 2000s and are, are just the sort of like National Lampoon's horse shit that, uh, no thank you. That and like faith-based movies. Did yeah. She a bunch of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's what we gotta, we gotta watch National Lampoon's Presents Beta House 3 and then <laughs> what, some and like, like, fucking... it's like it's like, like Christmas in the Smokies or something with like yeah, yeah. <laughs> some shit or some like, like like just faith-based, like Christ-centric horseback riding movie. Yeah, those are always good. <laughs> Steve, you should be fucking ashamed, by the way, because Jenny McCarthy's not married to Jim Carrey. She's married to fucking Dottie Walter. <laughs> oh, she's God. married to Dottie. I'm sorry, she used to be married to Jim Carrey. Oh, All Father is, Stu's is... brother. <laughs> all comes oh. back around. It all ties in together yeah. into a neat little package. Or as I like to call him, Uncle Not Stu. Uh, yeah, he's, I, I don't know, Jenny McCarthy is fucking weird, man, because she's like, I mean, look at the world that we live in, look at her career as a whole, and yet somehow she gets to be on national television every week. So I, I think if, if we do end up doing Jenny McCarthy, I think we're going to have to like strap Myros down and just peel back his eyelids and make him watch every single episode of The Masked Singer. Uh, is that where she's, she is on that? <laughs> Oh no. God, she she is because she's not on the View anymore, which is like, was was she on the? I think she was one of the View people. I which mean, is, that's I, that's what I thought would cuff said it. I, I don't I immediately in my mind view. it said View. Yeah, no, but you're right. <laughs> yeah. No, the Rudy Giuliani clip. I've never watched the Masked Singer. I've, I I don't understand mm. that show. It made so much sense when I learned the Masked Singer was a like South Korean TV show that <laughs> came to America. I was like, oh, that's why it is the way it is. But you, you're right, because there, there's um, the guy, what's it, Ken something or other, who walked off when Rudy Giuliani came on, and, and the other people yeah, were like, like who are you fucking sitting next to, man? Yeah, it's Jenny McCarthy, yeah. who, like, is just shameless, and it's just terrible. Um, uh, yeah, 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 but, I mean, normally when one mentions, like, an irrelevant scumbag who has no business being on TV, I immediately just flash to the view, because that's, like, the entire premise of that show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, if you haven't gathered yet, we're actually talking about Nicole. Who could have gathered this? this? Well, there was the whole Who egg conversation. <laughs> we had that egg thing. She was egg, in there. Yeah, we had the egg it's thing. not going to scan. No, I'm like we. I'm <laughs> glad we clarified Nicole Eggert. Who is Nicole Eggert? Am I the only person who remembers her? Well, real eggheads know uh, this is a Jackism because again, we were talking about '90s babes. We did Pam Anderson. We did Anna Nicole Smith. The the pillars of '90s Nicole or n- n- the, the pillars of '90s babes. <laughs> '90s Nicole. One of which isn't even Nicole-dom. named Nicole. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I guess neither Nicole are named Eggert Nicole, kinda, really. You know? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> one is Pam, one is Anna. <laughs> Nicole Eggert kind of fell through the cracks here, but I, I don't want to think of her as a second tier 90s babe because truly we, we can't minimize her contributions. If you're not familiar with her, she started off as a child actress, did some commercial work. Got a couple of spots on TV, and then her big break was Charles in Charge, where she played Jamie Powell. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you're a big Scott Bayo fan, I'm sure you're already aware of that. Uh, then that kind of catapulted her onto Baywatch, where she solidified her babedom as the character Summer Quinn. And then after that, she. <laughs> Her career kind of fizzled into what we're going to be discussing today, which is Nicole Eggert's cinematic output. And it, there never really was a big breakthrough film for her. Most of these were, in fact, all of these were either direct-to-video or a TV movies, but finger quotes around that because, you know, this isn't like you know, yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no TV movies. I this don't is, know what the this fuck is Cinemax IMDb and Showtime. Doing. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the like, yeah, a TV movie cannot have repeated use of the word fuck and full on frontal nudity. That's yeah, generally not. Yeah. <laughs> that usually yeah. disqualifies it from American If, I'm, if I'm seeing Corey Haim's nuts peeking out between <laughs> his thighs, <laughs> it's not television, okay? Uh, and Corey Haim is actually an important figure here because. Uh, as Nicole Eggert was doing these directed video films, she was also dating and briefly engaged to one of the Corys, Corey Haim. Okay, that that shines through in the movie. We'll we'll get to that, but that I was oh. actually curious about that because okay, to bring because I feel like I was pushing the Nicole Eggert thing, and this was because we did for our cursed Stephen Paul series. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Stephen Paul's still genuinely the worst filmmaker I have ever encountered in my life. And I'm not, I do not say that lightly. Stephen Paul is an absolutely cursed figure in cinema. But he did write The Double O Kid, which we pushed onto a For Your Ears Only episode. It's like a Bond riff. Uh, and I believe, Steve, you were there with us for that. I, I was also there. We, mm -hmm, we both did the torture. Yeah. Um, Oh, and Adam was there too. We yeah. brought we brought in the whole crew to talk to Double O Kid, which was n uh, a truly a Paul production. But it had Nicole Eggert mm -hmm. and Corey Haim, and Nicole, and this kind of spurred a memory to my mind because I watched Baywatch when I was uh, an adolescent because I was heterosexual and in Ireland, and there wasn't a lot going on. So <laughs> yeah, there's no what, beaches there. Yeah, that's what it's you just did. Rocks. And yeah, the beaches, it was like, well, we don't have those. The beaches in Ireland have, like, full-on rocks and a very, very stiff headwind. I, I don't understand this at all. This looks nice. Um, But Nicole Eggert was in later seasons of Baywatch. I actually had no idea who her character's name was. Summer Quinn fits beautifully. That's that's such a Baywatch name. Oh, yeah, but, um. One. Yeah, and Nicole Eggert was just there, and she was kind of like, I had no idea who she was. She was just in Baywatch. She was just a blonde, pretty woman in a TV show. And then later I learned she was in, like, she was actually an established actress from, like, Charles in Charge, which, so far as I'm aware, never made it to Ireland. 
I had no idea. Oh, you're missing out. (laughs) Yeah, well, so (laughs) so, yeah, I'm sure. I bet it's great. So unlike, say, Pamela Anderson or even Carmen Electra or other people who passed through the Baywatch show, Nicole Eggert was like, I I genuinely, I know nothing about this this woman. I know nothing about her career. So I was kind of pushing for this because I looked on her IMDb page and was like, well, she's been in movies. Let's check out the movies. Adam was like, you motherfucker, we're not going to do this. But, <laughs> you know, I have resources and, and here we are. We have two episodes. <laughs> well, there was a time where her. I thought we were above doing a babes series. But... We are <laughs> above nothing, Adam. We are absolutely shameless. Above absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we always buy rock bottom and then we we get out of jackhammer we dig through it we five four <laughs> this is where we're at right now yeah Eggert is interesting though because she is one of those actresses where i think to the average person at least of a certain age range if you're like yeah so nicole Eggert, they'd be like who but then you're like oh you know baywatch charles in charge Who's the boss? And they're like, oh, that, or if they saw a picture of the bank, oh yeah, I know who she is. But it's not a name that immediately jumps out at you, but she's, she's been in a, a lot, you know? And she, she was a pretty prominent figure in the late 80s, early 90s babe circuit. So her career is the interesting babe because- circuit just sounds like, an, like a flesh market. That's, well, that's, that's, that's exactly circuit. what it is, Jack. It's exactly yes, what it is. I know, but we we should try and be kinder. I think should we? I well, don't know. we're not the ones the running this fucking circus, man. We're, <laughs> we're just shining a light no, on it. I feel like not my circus, we're doing not a my sexy monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> not my. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, she. I, I think she made some wonderful career moves here. Which is, she got on TV. She made her money when she was young. She did some movies, and really only a handful of of films. And then she basically settled down and became a mom. And then back half of her career, she was like, "Eh, you know, maybe I'll I'll, I'll do some reality TV, which is perfect. Well, yeah, but we're overlooking why. We're overlooking why she was doing reality TV, which (laughs) is is part of the old meat market special. It's like, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, d- I don't think your... I even know this. This is going to depress me, isn't it? You're in your uh, late forties, early fifties. Uh, turns out you're getting awful fat. You're looking oh, awful no. fat there, oh, Nicole. No. We better get you into fat camp. Oh God, is this real? <laughs> I didn't even know this. I didn't research. Oh, you didn't know this? these movies. Oh, oh yeah, she was. She was in the Celebrity Fit Club, and she was also oh. on that like demeaning, like Louis Anderson high diving. <laughs> Well, oh yeah, celebrity Sorry. diving. What, yeah. what is happening with fitness and Louis Anderson? What is oh, no, this? No, that wasn't even fitness related. That was just look at this fat people diving off a high dive. Oh my god, I didn't even know we had this. This is yep. a resource. Yeah. I oh, this um, wasn't even cable. Yeah. This was network television, baby. This was, oh, I think, god. on Fox. But and this is this is important because you'll notice the trend, right? Where, you know, Pamela Anderson gets completely savaged, Anna Nicole Smith dragged through the mud, even Nicole Eggert can't escape from this, and y- you can still see this now. Pick someone who you thought was 
attractive in the year 1993. I don't care who it is. Pick someone. Now Google their name right now, and I guarantee you, without having to scroll too far, it will be, look at the big fatty that used to be hot, because <laughs> it turns out when you're in your 40s and 50s, only you don't have the same body as a 23-year-old. Only so, yeah, exception Google- to this is Naomi, K- or no, God, what's her name? Uh, Nicole Kidman. On, oh, only yeah. exception to this, because well, that lady I, is doing something. Yeah, well, she's got baby blood. She's doing something, probably paying significant money to have something done as well. I would say some facelifts have yeah. occurred on that front, but uh, no judgment on that, because otherwise you might no. be at the, the fucking reality TV meat market. <laughs> and it's not even, and, and this is the other problem, too, where it's like you, you leave the sexualization meat market, and as soon as you leave that, then there's no transition. You go from like, everybody wants to bang you to everyone wants to call you a fatty. It's like just different. It's like, how do you want to be demeaned? You have two options, option A or option B, and that's it. And, and it's always the same, especially with, you know, the, the women of 90210 or whatever. It's like, yeah, Google Tiffany Amber Thiessen and there's just, oh, here's Tiffany Amber Thiessen and she's a size... 10 now and she's wearing a, a one-piece bathing suit it's it's how horrible what a tragedy uh now i i will say nicole eggert was on the final season of uh celebrity fit camp season seven which is actually celebrity <laughs> fit camp jesus jesus Christ. Uh, celebrity fit club boot camp Two was the official title. They, they did some rebranding. This sounds it, like an Eastern European film season based on like the number of <laughs> subtitles. It's it's the worst thing ever. Basically, it's it's all these like B C D grade celebrities, and they they kind of throw them into a mixing bowl and they put them on teams and they weigh them and then a trainer yells at them, makes them run around and. I don't know, threatens them, and then whoever loses the most weight This is uh, just making me so sad. This is depressing. Well, God. Jack, America is America's a fucking disease. It, it, is, it is, but I was, dr- I was drinking for this episode just for fun, and now <laughs> Steve's bringing this shit. Like, America's bringing me down. Well, well, well don't, don't worry about it. We're gonna get to, like, Harold Blueberry soon enough, and we'll be right back up. <laughs> It'll be great, but, but this was a good season. I don't know how... Celebrity Fit Club Boot Camp did not continue because, I mean, gosh, uh, we had on this season Kevin Federline, okay? Uh, <laughs> Sebastian Bach. Season. Sebastian Bach, former singer of Skid Row. What and then was- on, Nicole, on Nicole Eggert's team, of course, we had Nicole Eggert. You know who else was on her team? Fucking Bobby Brown. Amazing. But, uh, the and, the uh, beater of wives himself. <laughs> Is it, that's not a fitness plan. No, uh, cocaine is. Well, I mean, a lot of it's good. Like, Sebastian Bach was in that VH1 reality circuit. I recall vividly watching his, like, Ted Nugent collaboration super group thing. He wasn't fat. Oh, that's so good. He, he wasn't even a little fat, not even slightly fat. What, what did something drastic happen, or I, did they just throw him on there because they had him under contract? I don't know. <laughs> I think that he, so he started at 223. Oh boy, what a like double <laughs> And his final weight was 205. So yeah, I mean, that's like, that's nothing. He's fine. Jeez, Apparently I can, oh. As a D tier podcast, maybe I should get out Celebrity <laughs> Boot Camp 3. We should do Jesus. Optimism Vaccine Celebrity Boot Camp and we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, 
Yeah, optimism fat scene. So you could lose the most. Oh God. So yeah, this is this is some of her her reality work. So she did that. She did the diving show with Louis Anderson. She also did something that I don't remember even existing. But it's one of those things where the more you read about it, you're like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, TBS had a reality series in 2004 and 2005 called The Real Gilligan's Island, and it was basically Survivor, and Nicole Eggert was, I don't know, like, Marianne, I think, <laughs> on it, uh, and th the theme song was written by Bowling for Soup, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> what, Which has what a fat guy in it. I, okay, yeah. so Gilligan's Island is like the most popular American TV show that, as so far as I'm aware, was never broadcast in Ireland. I have never seen a solitary second of that show, so I know nothing about it, but I'm curious if, if you're making the real Gilligan's Island, are they playing the characters in Gilligan Island? Gilligan's Island? Like, Gilligan's Island is not about, like, survival it's about escape right it's like they're they're happy and comfortable on the island they're not starving or forlorn they just want to get off yeah. right That's well yeah like but the, this the is uh, this is the real gilligan's island the re right so are they starving like what's happening like because i assume it's just survivor except with like cosplayers <laughs> <laughs> i i don't understand. that just sounds like a very confusing uh tv concept because i feel like gilligan's island was not a very you know uh, like difficult, like portrayal of the the difficulty of surviving on an island, which Survivor I thought was trying to be it was like, oh, it's for you know, if you just go out to a place, you'll die. That's a thing, unless you're very resourceful. Yeah. Uh, Gilligan's well, this, Island, this not so much. Into that, they wore hats. So basically, and shit. all the celebrities were assigned a character. So you're like Gilligan or the Skipper or Marianne or whoever the fuck. And then you would participate in a series of competitions that would pit, like, Team A's Marianne against Team B's Marianne. And then the winner got to be the Marianne. So, The yeah, 90s you just had to, like, were a fucking mistake. I never this, this destroy them. yourself to live. And then, I feel and like then this after is that, well after that, Jack. This is a post-9-11 oh, production. Oh, this is like 2004, yeah. <laughs> post, okay, this well, post, yeah. This is after I, the you know, spell. That that's the thing. I get you know what? Like the nineties were bad. They were very, very bad. They were an error. We should have not done that. And then in two thousand and one, mm. America decided they were the most hard put upon nation in history, and everything got exponentially worse after that. And we're still dealing with the fallout of that. So mm. yeah, that actually makes sense. Well, I mean, we all know what caused 9-11. Just the Arabs. Nothing to do with anything the fuck jealousy. else. Let's just roll it forward. Just jealous. <laughs> they were jealous of the freedom, and yeah. they were like, oh, this is mean. And it was a whole thing, and it was it was sad. But you know what? It's okay, because reality TV has survived. It's still happening. Yeah. Since, yeah. since then, yeah, as Jack said, the 90s were the worst, because since then, things have been just a skyrocket to the goddamn moon, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing but good stuff. <laughs> oh God, I now I just can't stop thinking about all these shitty VH1 how, how reality shows. How far into this episode are we? We haven't even got to the first oh, movie. We haven't even what talked about we four fucking movies. Do we not want to talk <laughs> yeah. about these? Do we not want to even bring up the films Nicole Eggert has been in? Well, I mean, I think we could get going. Uh, she made a great <laughs> yeah. initial career. Uh, you know, jump into film by attaching herself to the the auteur that is uh, Jim Wynorski, 
<laughs> and if you haven't heard of Jim Wydorski, that may be because you know him by uh, a couple of other names, perhaps uh, Jay Andrews or Harold Blueberry or uh, H.R. Blueberry or Bob E. Brown or Salvador Ross <laughs> or uh, J.R. Mandish, perhaps uh, Rob Robertson, maybe Sam <laughs> Pepperman, could be Arch Stanton, uh, Noble Henry, maybe even Tom Papatopoulos. <laughs> That's incredible. You went, you, Henry. you went straight up Greek for a couple of these. Like, like, I feel like cool. if, you, if you don't know the words, like I feel like if you don't know the work of Jim Wojnarowski, it's because you're gay. But at, the, but, but at the same time, honestly, his films have incredible gay production value. You probably still know his movies. Like they are. So, some people have gaydar. Jack just asked men if they've seen a Jim Wojnarowski movie. <laughs> Hey, how do you feel about Chopping Mall? Yeah, it's like, how, how do you feel about a movie where all the women, like, most, like, I feel like Wynorski is like, he's made 200 movies and 120 of them have been about bikini models fighting dinosaurs. That's the thing in Jack's World sexuality, you're either a Jim Wynorski or you're a David Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah, are you are you David Dakota or Jim Wynorski? Oh, that's, David Dakota has has all kinds of great stuff. I mean, the whole Linnea Quigley cinema universe revolves around Dakota's work. So you know, I mean, there, there's a lot of overlap and leeway here. But Wynorski and Fred Olin Ray are really like paving their own path in the wonderful world of of jugs. Frankly, they, they, I mean, they are they are men. They are men who still refer to jugs. I feel like that's that's oh that's yeah, what defines sure. them. Yeah, I, I really like this movie, and we're talking about the haunting of Morella, by the way, directed by Jim Wynorski and starring Nicole Eggert. I'm sorry to insult and, the audience, by the way, because anyone who's listening to this podcast knows who the fuck Jim Wynorski, Jim Wynorski is. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, the thing I love the most about this movie is. Roger Corman comes to Jim Wynorski and he says, okay, we're going to do an Edgar Allan Poe adaptation, which of course Corman loves because he doesn't have to fucking pay for it. And for some reason, he actually gives Jim Wynorski a decent budget by Jim Wynorski standard. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it and looks good. Jim Wynorski's like, okay, so this takes place like in the 1800s so I can't have a girl-on-girl -girl shower scene because showers didn't exist. <laughs> what am I going to do? He was so very, he was very movie, obsessed with period detail. That's definitely a part of his very, very obsessed. This movie's all about the period detail, and shout-out to Jim Wynorski because he's telling his story, he's, he's got his, his Poe adaptation, but he'll be damned if he's not going to find a way to have a bunch of women take baths together. And that's what this movie's about. But, and and about, before like, they take their baths, they have, to have to, as many they, women. They wear their, like, high-hip riding 90s thongs. <laughs> <laughs> which, of course, everyone knows were all the rage in the 1800s. Yeah. I like the one... Who's, who's the one who plays... It's it's not Nicole Egger, but it's like the lady who deceives her. Like it's Morella's. Oh, the big woman. Um, oh, uh, that's Lana Anderson, who fucking yeah. tragically was murdered by Phil Spector. Yeah. Oh, Jesus she's murdered by Christ. <laughs> that's the thing. Okay, in well, this Lana movie. Clarkson. Uh, yeah, she's she's great because she looks like she's wearing Depends the whole time. <laughs> Got out like 
basically a diaper. And she's uh, towering. Here's the thing I've learned from this Nicole Eggert thing is that Nicole Eggert is five foot two and no one else in Hollywood is five foot two. They are all six foot or more. She is frankly challenging the physical limits of the widescreen frame. She is mm-hmm. so far below all of her cohort co-stars. It's difficult. Wynorski had to plan around this. Well, I mean, he planned yeah, already. He was like, all right, we're going to set you right at bust level. <laughs> bust level. <laughs> it's, it's worth mentioning off the bat that Nicole Eggert, who was at this point an established TV star from Charles in Charge, as we mentioned, it does no nudity in a Jim Wynorski film, which is yeah. difficult. Now, her character does absolutely get nude. That has to happen because it's a Jim Wynorski film. It is not Nicole Eggert. <laughs> it is some other woman who has a sopping wet wig taped <laughs> to her boobs. Astonishingly terrible fucking body double. Like, stunning this wig. It, it is this just- is This is... Oh, it's Halloween USA clearance <laughs> bin, and nobody's buying, except for Jim Wynorski. <laughs> yeah, in a movie that that just, it, it's weird, because I love this movie. I thought it was fucking fantastic, because a, it is fairly competent, but the Jim Wynorski-ness of it all just shines through on the edges, where you're like, oh, I see, you've cut every corner imaginable. Like, um, Jack in the chat sent this thing of, like, Oh, this portrait. <laughs> this is Jim Wynorski's version of a fucking 19th century portrait or whatever. And it's just like this horrible looking like photo photocopy. It's like someone took, yeah, a photocopy like painted watercolors over top of it or something. It just looks like complete <laughs> shit. And I'm like, oh, Jack's just nitpicking. What the hell is he talking about? No, this is like a focal point of the plot. <laughs> It's like, They're yeah, it's a gothic horror. <laughs> like, a gothic horror always has, like, a portrait of the former mother of matriarch that's, like, a focal to it. And Wynorski found, like, a shitty, like, fucking paint, like, spray paint t-shirt version of a portrait and made it the focal point. Yeah, I just, I love a lot of the little, like, nonsense things in this movie, too. Like, basically, the plot is kind of similar to Hellraiser at a certain stage, like, <laughs> like, uh, Morella is, is really Uncle Frank in her way around here, and, uh, so, the, the big woman is sacrificing various, uh, house servants and what have you to, uh, to revive Morella, and, uh, even though this is not the initial stated plot, by the way, the, the initial stated plot is that Morella is possessing Nicole Eggert, but immediately, she seems to be both possessing Nicole Eggert and not, because Nicole Eggert is too strong to be possessed. Uh, well, I, I don't know why I'm saying we, Nicole we, Eggert. We should run the both, plot. Here's a confusing element about this film. Okay, so it opens with uh, Morella's uh, crucifixion slash murder uh-huh. at the hands of the townsfolk, because she's a witch. Okay, and it's like, it's the Salem witch trials, and they're murdering this this young woman because she's a witch and she's engaged in unholy activities. And immediately I go, oh, you know, this is a woman misunderstood, a woman mistreated. <laughs> this is no. terrible. No, it turns out she's a fucking witch and she murdered several people. Yeah which, yeah. which makes it somewhat more understandable that everyone was really pissed at her and murdered her. 
Weirdly enough, this is mm-hmm. one of two separate movies we will be talking about in this episode where Nicole Egger gets crucified, which is not what I was expecting going into this. <laughs> this is, um, that's a strong no. crucifixion to film appearance ratio. So, uh, but yeah, she gets crucified as Morella, but then she also, Nicole Egger plays her own daughter, uh, 17 years of the future is now becoming a blossoming young woman in however creepy a phrase you would wish to address that in, uh, who is now ripe to be possessed by her own mother, who has never died because she engaged in witchcraft and has uh, Lana Clarkson's uh, tutor, I guess, is, is helping her out because she is in a lesbian relationship with her dead mother. <laughs> Not 100% sure about this, but you know, details seem yeah. somewhat spacious, not that important. <laughs> if you pay attention to them, you will become distracted. Yes, you will, because that's, the, like, once the possession occurs, it's, like, immediately, like, oh, this is the plot of the movie, right? She's gonna be, like, having this suitor and being possessed by her mother and blah blah blah, and, and then immediately it's like, no, she's too strong. Uh, we need to revive my corpse, and, uh, <laughs> so you're like, okay, I guess to do it Hellraiser, but it's still doing the possession thing at the same time as it's doing the Hellraiser thing, and I don't. There's this whole segment where Morello's just like fucking Uncle Franked up, laying in her fucking crypt, going, One more sacrifice and I shall be whole. And then we have another gratuitous lesbian scene where Big Woman uh, greets her, like, uh, seeming cool conspirator. Gratuitous, Adam. Uh, <laughs> Well, it's gratuitous for a reason, Jack, because it doesn't fit into the plot like it should. Like, it's very <laughs> clearly designated that this redheaded woman, who I initially would have assumed was a co-conspirator, but is in fact just kind of got the hots <laughs> for big woman, um, is... <laughs> a lot of lesbians there in the 1800s hanging yeah, out. Yeah. The yeah. dating so, scene so was Lana killer. Clarkson, like, like, lures her out into this... Uh, fog-covered pond so that we can get this ridiculous goddamn, like, again, we can't get a shower scene, so we're gonna have, like, this big, foggy, lake topless thing. And That's uh, why she swims across a lake. Yeah. Well, nude except for her, like, incredibly 90s underwear. Correct. We couldn't go full dude her here for whatever diaper. reason. But she is then, <laughs> she's then killed, and Morella's sitting there going, one more sacrifice, one more sacrifice, and this is not the sacrifice. It just, it, it goes nowhere. The redhead is just murdered and gone from the movie and not used as a sacrifice. Maybe that was like the first one to set up, because ultimately it's like her father, her, sorry, her husband, who is Nicole Eggert's father, the daughter's father, the wife's husband, hard to keep track of all these things. He's like the one she really wants. She right. wants him to brought in. He's blind and he's he's a bit wild and crazy but that's only because he he suspects his wife is coming back because she's a literal witch um, and she says at the beginning of the movie i'm coming back to possess yeah. your daughter. yeah that's what happens <laughs> yeah i mean this, this movie is to, to put it okay so here's my issue with this movie and this movie is because whatever you say about winorski <laughs> he knows what he's doing like he's a very competent filmmaker you give Winorski like $20 and send him away with the camera and he will come back with a movie. He can do that. He has the connections. He knows exactly what he's doing. This movie is very well made. It looks good. Corman gave him actual funds to make this movie. 
it's just sort of bland. It's just, it feels like the Poe, like it's a porny Poe adaptation and it just feels very obvious in that mode. So, you know, it, like, I'm not saying this is a terrible movie, but it just feels kind of like, okay, we, we get it. You know, Winorski's done better work. I mean, Chopping Mall is legitimately a good movie, but he's done just more goofy, like, ridiculous work as well. Uh, and and Eggert within it, here's the thing that gets me about Eggert is, is it's kind of like, she's playing two roles in this. She's playing both the... Both the, like, the virginal daughter who's very vulnerable and, like, kind of, like, she's finding herself. And she's also playing the, like, wicked witch wife, mother. Um, uh-huh. And honestly, to be credit, like, honest, she's not great at either, but she's really not good at playing the wicked. Right. Like, she, she really, she's not good at the evil mom. There's and no reason, it, yeah, they should have just had someone else play Morella, frankly. Yeah, she really mm-hmm. doesn't, like, she, whenever she, like, turns it on, it's like, I'm, like, a, a sexed-up yeah. vamp, and I'm out to fuck the world. She seems really uncomfortable. It just doesn't She's really She's no Pamela Anderson in Snapdragon, okay? 100%. Exa- no, I mean, like, honestly, that's actually a really good focal point. Pamela Anderson does more with the, like, jokey, like, kind of, like, you know, novelty dual role in Snapdragon than Nicole Eggert does here with two substantially better built characters, frankly. We, you know, within the movie, like, there's much more opportunity within this, like, porny Poe adaptation to just go fucking hog wild. Eggert doesn't do it. Like, she really feels very constrained in both of them. It, it, this movie, it just, it doesn't sing to me. The only thing that this movie really, really works for me, and I think it's actually kind of like a cute thing, um, is they do a bunch of these like really obviously fake optical lightning effects at various <laughs> points, which are, I think, genuinely a callback to the Roger Corman Poe films. In the Poe films, which, which Corman's Poe cycle with uh, Vincent Price are really good, honestly. Great films, and he made a bunch of them with Vincent Price. Um, they reuse footage like crazy. Corman had fucking shameless. Like, he would just... There's a there's a, a footage um, of, like, a burning ceiling collapsing, and I think it's in, like... It must be in, like, at least three or four of them. It's just in all of them, because it's a great shot. Why wouldn't you use a great shot again? That's just bad economy to not do that. Corman understood. Uh, the shitty optical lightning effects 100% feel like a throwback to Corman. They honestly, and I, I didn't have a chance while I was watching this to check the movies out again, they might be the same effects. I don't know. They look exactly like it. So it feels like there's a fun throwback element there. But other than that, this movie just feels a little bit like, kind of just mixed up, and, like, it, it's funny, it has, like, God, there's a hilarious bathing scene that's, like, the most <laughs> 90s thing you've ever seen. Which one? There's so many baths there, there are, in this There's movie. so many women bath. taking Everybody's baths. really clean. Um, I, I gotta say, I disagree, I think this movie's a fucking treasure, uh, <laughs> I, there's, like, a scene in this movie that had me fucking dying like i was like rolling off my fucking couch i haven't laughed this hard in a long time i don't know exactly <laughs> why but 
there's like this whole match thing where she's like sucked into a mirror world and is like reliving past that events. That is a good scene. Yeah, so early in the movie, a uh, big woman it, like gifts her like a, a dressing gown of some sort that, that was like Morella's. And uh, later, later in the film, she after she sucked in the mirror world, which is just like a, a shitty filter on the lens, and her like stumbling <laughs> around. Um, uh, she's then she relives this gift and is give, given this box, which through movie magic is is just sitting on like a fucking hollowed out thing, a pedestal or something. So it, it's not actually a box, and is in fact filled with spiders. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, ah, and then she leans over it and a, a zombie comes out and the zombie grabs her and goes, welcome to hell. And at that point, I was just like, this is the best movie I've seen in years. <laughs> There's no better special effect to than the special effect of like, we got someone and covered them in spiders and we don't know if they knew <laughs> they were doing it when the shot started. Tremendous. That element, I, I 100%, that's a really great part, and she's got, like, this weird, like, skull face makeup stuff going on, um, but mostly, I, like, we're, we're doing this about Nicole Eggert and her thing, honestly, she mostly looks lost in this film, I, like, unfortunately, it's, like, she really, to a degree, plays up the, like, virginal, confused young woman because she genuinely looks like she has no idea why anyone is doing anything in this well, movie I'm, and why I'm, she's I'm there. sure she's going to quickly evolve past that. You know, she won't be oh, working with, like, trash auteurs, or, and, you know, she's really going to find her voice as an actress as we move on to uh, 1995's The Demolition, <laughs> which is oh, perhaps one of the worst performances is. I've ever seen in my goddamn <laughs> life. It, it's a terrible performance, but it's also... Why is Nicole Eggert in the Demolitionist? I don't understand. I I feel like this has got to be like movie. a friend of the director or something. Like like he had to be Would casting a who he could do get? this to someone. I I don't know. No, this is I, I I don't like the only way I can describe this movie is like a barbed wire, but with a Fred Olin Ray budget. I, I no do. no, but it doesn't it doesn't even make sense because like literally literally Nicole Eggert is just in this movie as an actor like there's yeah. no sex element to this at all it's almost progressive no. in the complete abandonment of sex cell like marketing well and on, it's it's okay, she's she's great at action uh <laughs> so they'll nail that down i i mean this movie I don't know what they build it as, like, RoboCop, obviously, it's just a fucking RoboCop, RoboCop ripoff. RoboCop Universal Soldier is yeah. absolutely the touch point, yeah. Like, I figured that, like, if you were pitching it, your elevator pitch is like RoboCop, but with more, like, kung fu. Like, we're gonna choreograph this thing, it's gonna be action-packed. Uh, but, but we're also gonna cast Nicole Eggert, who cannot do any action scene <laughs> ever! <laughs> Yeah, just even like holding a gun, <laughs> you you get the feeling that she's deeply uncomfortable. No, they're like, oh, she's got a gun in this scene. We better bring in the body double and fucking turn on the fog machine, baby. <laughs> and she and the other thing is is not only do they do they not they don't use her as a as a sex symbol or whatever. They don't lean into any of her talents that she has when they throw her into this action hero role, but they make her look like shit. She's probably like 23 when this movie is made. 
and she looks like she's 50. And she has that 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 fucking Kate Goslin like like duck ass haircut, you know the the John and and Kate plus eight lady. Yeah, Google John and Kate plus eight. Uh, don't and you will yeah. see this woman's haircut. Don't or maybe don't Google that. I don't know. Yeah, no, hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. Kyle's starting to sound like, like a VH1 exec over there. We gotta get try, this try woman to into the fucking makeover camp. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be as nice as possible, but yes, a hundred percent. Like Nicole Eggmer- Eggert is like. She's obviously, she's a very, like, just very beautiful, nice-looking lady. Hollywood, you know, movies, this is like a no-brainer. And I do not understand what's happening here. They have turned her into, like, <laughs> oh. the, yeah, like, the mean girlfriend <laughs> character. But there's no context for that. Is I just don't understand anything about this movie. And I like this movie more than anyone else here. I still don't understand why it's a Nicole Eggert film. No, That's I, I feel like to uh, beyond like being a miscast, like it's a, it's the variety of miscast that ruins everything that they set out to do <laughs> where they're like, we can't film action scenes, I guess. Uh, we're just, we're just no. going to make, I guess we'll pivot into this serious drama. Let's give her a monologue. And her monologue is like the earth's most embarrassing <laughs> fucking thing. <laughs> her voice is cracked like she is like a teenager throwing a hissy fit she's like she just doesn't want to like go to church that day that's that's her huge like emotional mm-hmm. scene in this movie De- yeah no de- demolitionist is so bizarre to me and and i did actually i enjoyed it. i think it's fun I really well, wrong, didn't regret it's watching okay to this. be wrong, you know. Uh, right, you know, yeah. <laughs> to me, this well, okay, is like, so, this so is the sort of movie I'm physically incapable of enjoying where I'm like, I can see everything that, like, they were trying to do to make money, where they're like, uh, well, people like RoboCop, let's just rip that off. Also, sure. what if we stunt cast every motherfucker on Earth who every nerd likes? That'll be great. But I just see that stuff so cynically. The because they fucking hired this is for a lot one of goddamn minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you get you get a half day with Tom Savini, you get a half day with Bruce Campbell. And Jack Nance. Get, yeah. They have uh, Joseph Jack Palazzo there. in here. Yeah, I feel like a, a, this person must have had some level of like connections, and B, they were just like really efficient with like their use of time. I with think these the people. fact, I think the fact how that the, in the how opening the camp scene, looks they're like all she's being held under duress. Yeah, I, I Heather Langenkamp, Camp. God, it's not like she's a yeah, fucking no, no, A-list. You might I, as well cast that, her to lead this fucking thing. It had a better movie. <laughs> I think. I think that the fact that the opening scene in the prison with the, like hardened criminals, the fact that they are reading Fangoria. And not hardcore yep. porn is yep. a huge tell on who they were <laughs> mm-hmm. drawing into this production. Yeah, I watched that but and here- I was like, "Oh no, oh no!" And then I and then when the electrocution scene involved uh, one of the two psycho brothers being killed via electric uh, electric piss, I was like, "Oh boy, <laughs> yes. this is not going to be my thing, man." <laughs> here, here's my thing. Okay, so when I was watching this, I was thinking of like other '90s directive. Not, like direct-to-video action movies I've watched recently, and we mm. we recently we covered the martial law series. We mm. we have a whole episode on those, which yeah. are like good but not great. Another one I was thinking of was like TC two thousand. I just watched that recently. Vinegar Syndrome put out a beautiful Blu-ray of TC two thousand. It's not great, guys. I've got to say, but it but it makes a lot of sense as a film. 
right? Okay, so you've got you've got Billy Tybo Blanks, just this ripped huge dude playing the hero. You have Bolo Young, a ripped huge dude playing a a accessory hero. You have Bobby Phillips, a beautiful nice lady playing the like T one thousand within that movie. You know the like the sleeker version. She looks like she shouldn't be able to beat up Billy Blanks, but she can because that's movie magic. You know, and it's not, it's, it's one of those movies that is full of martial arts action and all of the action is so generic that you'd kind of wish they would stop putting in action scenes. <laughs> it's, one, it's one of those movies, Have right? I got a movie for you, The Demolitionist. <laughs> no, no, but, <laughs> but here's the thing. The Demolitionist, I, I would take The Demolitionist any day because every time something happens in this movie, I don't understand why. <laughs> and that is a hook. That's kind of like, why is Nicole Eggert in this? Why is this a movie about a dystopian future where they banned guns, except one group have all the guns and they're bad guys? Except why they don't this? even have, the, the group doesn't even get the guns until the last 15 minutes of the goddamn They have <laughs> guns in the first scene. They, right. they do but shit at the first scene. They do. And then, but and the solution, <laughs> the solution to the fucking gangsters having guns is that they arm a police officer, which is fucking now and in the 90s. It's like, what if we gave cops guns? What if we did that? That's what we do. What is this? Isn't science fiction? This is the fucking worst episode of Cops ever. I love this movie <laughs> because it makes no sense. I hate all. it because yeah, the the whole thing is like, oh shit, we can't film this. Shut off the fucking key light and fucking fire up the fog machine. Uh, good to go. Yeah, no, it looks it looks shitty. The action doesn't oh work. There's one scene where they like blow up. They have like an explosion by the motorcycle and they do this like overlay of the explosion and Nicole Eggert on the motorcycle. Kind of works. It's kind of almost an action scene. But no, this is not an action movie. If you're in this <laughs> for action, you will be angry. So you love it for its movie. biting political comment. <laughs> no, this is a this movie is... about being confused. This is fucking a Louis Bunuel movie, and you 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 tuned in, and you're like, I am wrong footed at every turn. I don't understand why anyone involved in this movie is here. I don't know what this movie is about. I don't understand what they're saying. I don't know what will happen next. That is the demolitionist. And you know what? Honestly, in the Nicole Eggert canon, it's like the second best movie we are talking about today, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I, I mean, the, the thing I will say about The Demolitionist is it, it's kind of amazing because the ways that it fails are, are kind of interesting in this budget range. Not to say this is a high budget movie, but it's not the lowest budget movie. But Every single person on this set, you would think that like they're doing this for the first time. This would be like if if someone saw me like get stoned and burn a grilled cheese sandwich and then asked me to be the chef at a Michelin star restaurant. That's the, the kind of level that we're dealing with here. And it goes all the way down to the squibs. I have never seen worse squibs in a movie. Oh, the fucking smoke. <laughs> How is that possible? It is a puff of pink smoke. What the fuck? <laughs> it's it's wild. Like I, it's it's screwing up in ways that I did not know guys, was even possible. Guys, this movie has Jack Nance in it. Come yes, on. it's probably For one of his last seconds. goddamn For movies. Fifteen <laughs> seconds. 
for 50 seconds Jack yeah, then he drops is dead in the demolition <laughs> and it's beautiful and I don't know oh my God. why I, 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 I need to look up what Jack Nance's last credit is because this has got to be fucking perilously close which is terrifying <laughs> Like uh, R.I.P. Well, fucking star of the Bruce demolitionist Abbott from Reanimator, and Bruce Abbott is like actually really pretty good as an actor. Bruce Abbott never like he's one of those guys that I've always felt, based on Reanimator particularly, should have you know had a bigger career. He's really good. He's good here as another mad scientist. He's basically rehashing mm. the whole Reanimator thing. He's kind of like the Herbert West, but like you know actually fully in it um he jesus christ nicole eggert oh god i hate i hate being that cover like she doesn't belong in the movie that she is top building uh she doesn't make any sense in this bruce abbott fucking destroys her in every scene he completely claims it um it's worth but it's worth tuning in for that you know, it's 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 a whole thing, but it, it's nineties action. It is an absolute chaos, like direct to video action. It is just chaotic. It's crazy. There's generic scenes of just gangsters, kind of like arguing with themselves. Like I love the whole premise that like a whole city is laid siege by a single gang. Uh, who, and also <laughs> here's the thing that confuses me in this movie in terms of like tight plotting okay so there's the the guys are going to get put to death our our main bad guy played by uh richard grieco uh you know who's basically fucking Lawrence olivier of c-grade <laughs> action movies um he he's going to get put to death for his crimes in a post-gun society because he held up a liquor store with a gun and he's going to get put to death and then he has a guy on the inside and they gave him a gun and he actually, he escapes and there's a whole bunch of things happen. Um, and he escapes to his gang, but Nicole Eggers' character is undercover in the gang as a cop and is relaying to a guy who's like her, like, observer. He's like in a, like, whatever you say, like, surveillance van. Uh, he's like feeding into her. But no one knows where Richard Grieco went. But there's an undercover cop there with the surveillance guy. The whole movie, like 80 more minutes of the movie happen after this point, And I don't <laughs> understand why. I and that's will. why The yeah, Demolitionist that, that is a great movie. No one could understand you why know, 80 minutes of this movie, period, fucking exists. Okay, like, here's the thing you need to know about <laughs> this movie, people. It is on Tubi right now, which is the greatest streaming service in this United States of America. And when you start uh, it, it opens with a trailer for oh, The for Demolitionist. Fuck. I forgot about this. <laughs> and then, and no. then it opens with a disclaimer stating this, like, preview promotional video is for, like, select eyes only. Yeah. This is incredible cinema. Yeah, <sighs> Tubi's, Tubi's giving you insight into things that, like, aren't even for your eyes. Yeah, they that's... Just, just I, pull them I'm ashamed with myself for forgetting that, because I, I like, I was watching it at, like, 3am, but I immediately sent to the chat, like, somebody else needs to turn this on, because what the fuck is happening with this copy of the movie? Like, I don't... Was this, like, ripped from a VHS 
that was distributed like to blockbuster videos. It, it yes. looks like a VHS. To <laughs> yeah. be fair, this is half of Tubi. Half of Tubi is a guy's like box of dusty VHS tapes that nobody owns the rights to. They just kind of throw shit up there, right? It's but this is shit. this is beyond that. Just because of the disclaimer thing, like this is is credited as like a screener preview copy. I'm like. What does that mm-hmm. fucking mean? What do you send this to Can? I don't fucking what, think. What so. this means is, what this means is, we are watching a digital rip of a very select video source of this film. Boy, I wish Blockbuster mm-hmm. would have fucking destroyed this copy. Frankly, because <laughs> come on, this movie is well, better than The Haunting of Morella. Because The Haunting of Morella, you know exactly what it's like. Okay, we get it. It's like '90s, like porn, but it's not really porn. It's like, this is shit for, like, 12-year-olds to jack off to because they've never, they don't have access to the good stuff. The Demolitionist, no one could jack off to this because it's fucking weird as hell. And no, that's, I, I mean, there's reasons for it. Nobody could jack off to I it. Mean, no people one. could jack off to uh, Listen, weird things, also normal things. I, I hate to interrupt the Nicole Eggert Civil War, but we really got to move on here. Uh, so what if we go from a movie where Nicole Eggert is horribly miscast as RoboCop to a movie where she's perfectly cast as a young 20-something uh, sort of artistic girl who's just trying to find love? And yet somehow it's a thousand times worse. That's right. It's Amanda and the Alien, a movie that is neither porn nor a children's film. But I feel like with just a few little changes, it could be either one. This is is the kinkiest movie of the lot because there is an unhealthy number of navel piercing shots in this film. Oh, yeah. the, The director of this was has some proclivities. It's this genuine. Is, this like, is like a soft at first I thought it was just like, isn't. okay, that's fair enough. It's the '90s belly button rings, fair enough. But by like the third or fourth, like extreme close up, it was kind of like, oh, okay, no, we're we're in someone else's world. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, director John Kroll is a certified buttonhead. Uh, he is <laughs> zooming in on any any single one he can find. I just feel uh, like this, this is, is this is like a uh, this is a porn like but it isn't you know like <laughs> this is, yeah no yeah, it is or a, a porn movie but it is porn this scenes. is late night Cinemax you know the whole fucking like jackass paprika thing I'm like this this could be literally it probably why don't you explain that like this explain that to our listeners okay what the so jackass paprika so thing is. the alien gets horned up when it when it eats paprika why would it ever come to the eating paprika I you would think like oh was this in a meal or something no it's just like wandering through this person's kitchen like uh fucking tonguing spices for some reason that is, Tongue Jack and the spice that is literally like the plot that would be in one of these like 90s Cinemax like soft cores like an alien comes to earth and some innocuous household object makes it horny and then yeah we move on to the old cowgirl you know as, as we've previously described but this movie just kind of chops out this, the, this, the, the nudity this, for, this I mean movie. there's some nudity but it's just this I, movie yeah. brings in, like, the weird element to it. Okay, so I think this is something we have to bring to the Nicole Eggert cast. And, and this is going to sound very, like... Oh, boy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, like, we, we, we have to <laughs> I acknowledge... I like a disclaimer. Yeah, you know, we have to acknowledge, like, the, the specificities of the 90s direct-to-video TV market or whatever. 
I don't know. IMDb keep claiming these are TV movies. They aren't. There is swearing and nudity in them. They are not TV movies. Amanda and the Alien is not a TV movie. But what is confusing to me is that Haunting Morella, Nicole Eggman, or Dr. Nicole Eggman. (laughs) Nicole Eggman. Robotnik is some caller. Okay, okay, so Nicole Eggert in The Haunting Umbrella. It's her first, like, adult role. Fair enough. She does not perform any nudity in this film. She has a body double. She is like, 100% no, not gonna do it, okay? Fair enough, okay. It's Jim Wynorski. I don't don't know what he's into. He's got his own thing. So so we get to we get to that. We move on to uh, the demolitionist confusing as hell. Nicole Eggert literally won't like it's not a sexy role. <gasps> they've they've cast Nicole Eggert as like an action hero. Well, which makes uh, no yeah. sense because sure. she's not an action hero. Real that Peter Weller type. Sense. <laughs> yeah, I I guess she's thin like Peter Weller. Uh, that's that's the thing. She, they, but Peter Weller has his chin protruding, his wonderful cinematic chin in the True. RoboCop mask, whereas fucking the demolitionist has a mask over her chin, which hides that. She just has her eyes and her terrible '90s mom haircut, as as previously envisioned by Steve. Don't understand that. The demolitionist makes no sense. I just don't understand why Nicole Eggert's in it, and I love that about it. That's great. Okay. Amanda and the Alien. You think, okay, like, this is a porn effect. This literally, this is porno. Okay, there's a whole scene in this where the alien is like, oh, I need to take a shower. I'll take a shower, and I'm, I'm like a shapely woman. I will take a shower. Nicole, you should join me in this shower. Yes, after Nicole Eggert explicitly instructs her to make sure she touches herself uh, between her legs, (laughs) at at which point the alien discovers that that is, in fact, quite the erogenous zone. 100%. (laughs) Right, and she does this, and it's like, okay, so this is a porno, but Adam is 100% correct. This is a porno that excises all the pornographic elements. It's just a confused, weird... (laughs) <laughs> semi-camp. This is like John Waters, but his dad is a politician and doesn't want to embarrass anyone movie. Yeah, uh, it's this, like this instead doesn't of sex make any scene, sense. we're gonna cut out the sex scenes, we're gonna insert uh, Worf and Stacey Keach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking Worf in Star Trek. But but anyhow, to, to my point initially, is that uh, Nicole Eggert also in this movie does not appear nude. So no. that's two for three, where it what a three for three we we are in right okay so she had a double in um in haunting morella demolitionist no nudity no sexuality whatsoever almost progressive in how confusing it is in messing up traditional 90s director video sex like gender roles i mean at this point we would be thinking she's just an actress who doesn't do nudity there are plenty of those right unfortunately uh our own uh, stacking of these films has that's really yeah, throwing this narrative. Have we got one of the chambers? I, I think there is a narr- there is a film <laughs> forthcoming that Jim Wynorski was very angry. <laughs> oh my saw. god, he must have been so pissed. Amanda and the alien, Nicole Eggert, no, she will show she will have the navel ring. She'll show that up. That's fine. She doesn't do anything. They have to bring in Alex Menenes, who is uh who who is 
been in a Killed bunch of other stuff subsequent. Yeah. But but this is her this is her film debut. Um, I know for like she's been in like Jane the Virgin and several other things. She provides all the nude, the female nudity in this movie. Nicole Egger, not at all. No, she is not doing this. This is a weird, weirdly wholesome thing. And again, I I only highlight this not because I have any grievances to Nicole Egger, but just because it it's so strange in how this movie feels like it's sexually like provocative, but ultimately isn't. It's it's very confusing. But it kind of fits in with the other thing in this movie, which is that this movie is about a girl in the 90s. She's an artist. She's a little bit alternative. She feels a little bit alone. Men kind of like, oh, men are so boring. They're annoying. But she hooks up with a legitimately homicidal alien invader uh-huh. to kind of hang out with for a while until the alien leaves. And that's the movie. I can change him, Jack. Yeah, right. <laughs> but why does she ever get involved with this? Why does she ever get involved with this alien? I, I'm. I, it never Nothing really made makes sense. sense here. Yeah. I mean, as far as I could tell, uh, it, it, she was kind of intrigued, and then once the alien murdered and took over the body of her shitty ex-boyfriend, <laughs> then I think she was on board. This actually has some parallels with the last movie we're going to talk about, Blown Away. Yeah, but, but she, she uh, fucking, <laughs> she, it's not like it was a happenstance. She directed the alien to kill her ex-boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Right. It's yeah, like a vengeful like, girlfriend stuff. narrative, but then it's, it's also like, after that, like, so, so this alien is like, I need, I can take the shape of a human host, but I have to kill the human host. Once, once I do that, they're mm-hmm. gone. And then she's like, okay, great. My, my ex-boyfriend who I'm like, I like how he looks, but I hate him. He's a dick. So you do that. Yeah, he's a you take him fucker. over. Which, which to be fair, that's, mm-hmm. that's deeply questionable behavior. Okay. But she's like, yeah, take him over. Just get rid of him. And then later on, after just like, so how often do you have to do this? And he's like, oh, every day or so. She's like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, no, we'll hang well, out and, together. And the film tries to justify it because mm-hmm. what what they do is Nicole Eggert at some point gets mad about like all the murder that's going on, <laughs> and the aliens like, well, you know, don't you raise cattle specifically for the purpose of? Right, it's like the full-on fucking white supremacist viewpoint. It's like, aren't some humans <laughs> worth less than others? Yeah, so why not kill them? Uh, Do you yeah, not much. think some humans are like cows? It's <laughs> 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 basically Amanda and the alien, the motion picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then it turns into this weird lovers on the run film for about five minutes. They yeah. go to a hotel in Bakersfield. Uh-huh. And then they escape with the police hot on their heels. Dude, do you and, and Steve, do you and Adam recognize locations in this movie? Because you, you guys have been out no. there. Oh, yeah, that was filmed right, no, right in Bakersfield. Is... That's, that's true to life right there. Not filmed at some Beautiful. asshole's fucking living room with the fucking guy doing a cowboy yeah. accent for no goddamn reason. Definitely. Like yeah. a, a total non-actor. Like a staggering non-actor who plays this, like, he, fucking room that, service that guy looks man. like they just found him like he was a PA and it was like do you want to be in a movie because some shit's gone wrong I, I know it's like some there. shit has gone wrong and instead we're gonna have to give you like six lines for no reason it's like why the fuck does this motherfucker keep talking because holy shit if it was filmed in Bakersfield it would be just just dust and tumbleweeds everywhere 
They no? wouldn't have had sex because uh, even the pe- all the paprika in the world wouldn't have gotten that alien yeah, horny you'd be, you'd, because it is the ED, least maybe. erotic city. You've heard of E.T. <laughs> this is E.D. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is, uh, it's, this is trash. This is the lowest of the low. Well, maybe not the lowest of the low. But if you want to know the worst Nicole Eggert movie, you're going to have to join our Patreon. <laughs> like, 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 yeah, we found a ledge, guys. You have to join our Patreon, because like the Bill Hicks joke about Keith Richards or whatever in the, in the Rolling Stones, like, we found the ledge. We thought we found the edge. <laughs> we found a ledge just below you could fall onto that's worse than what we thought was the extreme. Steve, I appreciate your it's... efforts to keep this to 90 minutes, but you should just let go, baby. <laughs> gonna be a fucking it's gonna be a, like uh it's gonna be like we a just, 110 we just minute have one more to go i mean amanda and the alien is just sort of like it's like a it's like a john waters comedy if john waters had no political or other affiliations he was just, if john waters was a very was boring funny? normal guy i feel like that this is would a, be the movie that make. is very generous to me it feels like like <laughs> If Third Rock from the Sun was made for ten dollars and stretched out the fucking ninety minutes, well, it's the same. Imagine <laughs> if John Waters had no ideology. That this is what this movie would be. Fair enough. It's I. I don't even yeah. hate this movie that much. You know what? It's it's no, far it's, better it's... than the Demolitionist. So uh, those people who would say otherwise, like Jack, are fucking in fools. Well. You know, we we are lucky though because <laughs> we saved the best for last oh, year. Um, no, not and, and so much, but you know, got, close. Believe it or not, Nicole Eggert, who, as I previously mentioned, dated Corey Haim for a little bit, she did an erotic thriller with both Corys, both Corys playing brothers, All or the Corys. brothers, I guess. And we love the Corys. And wouldn't you know, Nicole Eggert and the Corys doing Disney Channel De Palma is pretty fucking good, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. This is considering the Eggert what it is. movie. This is the Eggert oh, to to tune in. This is for. it. This is peak Eggert right here. This is like she's playing a role that she can <clears throat> basically wrap herself around. Like she she can do it where she's. She's not particularly good at being like evil or malicious, but this this character that she's playing, which is essentially a spoiled rich girl who is evil, but also doesn't completely understand that what she's doing is horrible because she's so self-absorbed. Uh, very reminiscent of Alicia Silverstone in The Crush, which is another like 90s kind oh, of yeah. uh, erotic spoiled girl thriller little bit more of a budget than this one this this but is it's the, great because this is the whole oh, layout of like the concept of the most evil person the most malevolent intelligent calculating person in the world is somehow a horny teenage girl mm-hmm. and they and they will mm-hmm. destroy the world with their vicious calculating factor and you're a 40 year old divorced man but if a teenage girl decides she will destroy the world and you with her that's the ideology of this film and it's amazing blown away is what we're talking about by the way it's so good it's so good yeah blown away and i would encourage anyone who's listening right now hunt this one down it's worth it and goddamn it's it's packed to the gills with like gratuitous sex scenes 
Uh-huh. 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 Corey got Feldman? all her nude scenes into one movie. One movie. One movie. Well, I, yeah, Corey another, Feldman right? has the most disgusting greaseball ponytail I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and he also gives it's like, just, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm generally kind of like, oh, Eggert. The thing about Nicole Eggert, say what you will about Nicole Eggert. She's not a very good actress. Uh, but but in this <laughs> film, uh, one of the Corys comes hunting for that crown, baby, because Feldman, <laughs> holy shit, he is fucking he just, terrible, terrible. He doesn't <laughs> want to be here. That's No, this this movie is so, like, here's the weird thing to me. It's like Pamela Anderson and Nicole Smith were like models who like segued into acting and made the best of it. And honestly, Pamela Anderson, in my opinion, does actually pretty okay, sure. honestly. And Nicole Smith, maybe not so much. No. Nicole Eggert, confusingly, is an actress, first and foremost. That's her career. And she looks out of place in most of the movies she's in. And I don't know what's prompting that. But she kind of works here because this movie is just so, like, hard on, on, like, the whole, like, she's just, like, a malevolent 17-year-old Adolf Hitler and that's and that's the whole movie. The the cool thing about her is she's like playing both sides. She's fucking around with everybody. She's messing with Corey Haim's mind. And Corey Haim is like visibly not sober in in most of this movie. Mm-hmm. So she's really messing with his mind. But also visibly horned up for her. Like they, they're the oh, fact they are dating yeah. 100%. Like this is 100% driven by the fact that Nicole Eggers oh. and Corey Haim are fucking in real life. That's the only real thing ass that, erotic energy yeah, coming in. The only thing that breathes any life into this movie. And then the other thing that I absolutely love, and it fits so perfectly with this character, who's this evil little psychotic uh rich girl who we're we're led to believe is some like evil mastermind, but at the same time the only way she knows how to kill anyone is by planting a bomb on Yeah, him. with a big old <laughs> digital alarm think... clock bomb. <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't think that anyone's ever going to catch her. It's just everyone in her life that she's close to keeps exploding. <laughs> it's so weird. How does that help? Oh, but also, they, like, exploding, but they won't die unless they also crash into a gas station. <laughs> like, there has to be a second stage. <laughs> the opening of this movie, God, I, I want... This should be Nicole Eggert. If you're listening, I'm sure you're you're one of the many celebrities who are getting involved in NFT projects. Here's your NFT. The opening like 15 seconds of this movie where a car explodes <laughs> and then has to continue driving while on fire so it can crash into a gas station and double explode. No way, man! It's Title all about the box of spiders. Away. It's the it's the box of spiders. <laughs> oh, so many great <laughs> options, but yeah. Blown Away is, it's it's fantastic. The Corys are just this weird, I, I don't even know. It, it's And Nicole Eggert has it too. It's, it's the whole vibe of this movie where nobody here is, is an Oscar award winning actor, but whatever they're doing is working for me and connecting. <laughs> it's just so scuzzy. Feldman is working for you. And so dumb. This is like the death of Feldman. I feel like I'm watching his career fucking die. <laughs> you're, you're I'm just working for me. Cigarettes? <laughs> okay, here's what, what I love about this movie, okay? There's a scene early in this movie where, where Nicole Eggert says, does this look like the body of a 16-year-old? 
And I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know what? I don't know. You're you're okay. You know what does look like the body of a 16 year old Corey Haim? He looks like a yeah. literal child in this movie, and yet we get full on ass footage. It's very uncomfortable. I didn't know where to look. That's this movie. That's this movie in a nutshell. And then I think we get full on ass footage of Corey Feldman too, who, as Adam mentioned, looks skeezy as fuck in the whole film. It's an incredible experience. Steve, you're, like, your summation of this is like Disney plus De Palma on the nose. This is what this is. This is the weirdest goddamn movie. Um, just, yeah, like, like trading awkwardly on the sexuality of its three main stars who also look like they have been plucked from obscurity, even though all of them have an enormous <laughs> amount of acting experience prior. None of them look like they've ever been in front of a camera prior to this. This is a great movie. This is absolutely the cream of the crop. If you watch any one movie we talk about from this podcast series... Uh, well, from the Nicole Eggert one, at least. Uh, honestly, I think Pamela Anderson fares much better overall. Uh, yeah, no, watch Blown Away. This is the one. This is it. This is the movie. Oh, yeah. This and is the I, movie I, you I didn't even know that the Corys... I didn't even know the Corys did movies like this. No. Like, the fact that we got to watch a soft Cory porn... I don't think they did. I mean... I think it's just this. <laughs> this is like the end. This is the fucking death rattle of the Corys right here. <laughs> 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 it's uh yeah it's a little sexier than license to drive i gotta say uh but but yeah this is i mean it's so pulpy and and sleazy and god it's got all this weird shit in it like just the dad is completely fucking psychotic um there's a weird red herring with this biker guy everything about this movie is just Look, here, is beautiful steve here's whatever one needs to know about this movie this movie ends with Nicole Eggert slow-mo dual-wielding pistols like Chow Yun-Fat in a, in a scene where she's just blowing away everyone. You will never... Ugh. There's no equivalent scene what? in her 90s filmography that we have encountered. Oh, the title of this okay. film delivers. Oh, a okay. lot of people so, get blown yeah. away in this. Oh, her mom gets blown away. And her blown dad gets blown away she gets blown away a cop gets blown away everyone is blown away it's a winner Alvin gets blown uh, away yeah. Haim gets blown away but survives um <laughs> he just gets so blown. i guess that the question i would have for you you super fans of this film i i think this is number two for me it's not directed by an auteur like jim wynorski but it is still a very entertaining <laughs> film uh what what the hell's happening in the finale here? Like, if we no want to call knows. Dime Store fucking De Palma, no. like, it, my problems with this movie, I guess, I mean, there's many problems with this movie. It's still a fucking blast to watch, but A, the first, like, 45 minutes, there's no reason you would even be able to tell what genre the film was in, except for the fact that the score <laughs> is, like, this ominous... Like droning it's drum tracks. It's, it's a genre of sexy. <laughs> like, there's nothing about it Listen. that it really reads thriller, except for the fact that the music's like telling you, like, "Hey, hey, you're watching a thriller. You're watching a thriller." And I'm like, "This is a this is like a classic Italian style 1970s <laughs> thriller. It's just got 
Yeah. Oh, oh, I don't know what happened at the end of the movie. Yeah. Get in fucking That's line, true. man. You're not supposed to. Yeah, know. but there's it's a thing. The there's here. the thing. If you're gonna make like this, I mean, even in the Italian sense, I guess where it would be, it would be like disorienting when they're like, "Oh, she was in league with Feldman the whole time." What the fuck? Feldman's barely in this fucking movie. Like, if they would have said like Feldman is the killer, I'd have been like, "Oh, they set that up great." But the fact that he was fucking Eggert and they were both the killers, I was like, huh. But okay, I accept this. And then immediately <laughs> Eggert just fucking kills Feldman and is like, fuck you. It's a classic reversal where it turns out there's more than one <laughs> sexy killer. Yeah. Exactly. And Myros, you're here saying, like, what is happening at the end of this movie? And I'm saying what's the best scene of the movie and why is it the end so who cares i, I don't need to understand i just, it. I just, just wish beautiful. she just fucking killed haim and that was that because well, the yeah, whole thing no, of like siding cool. with haim out of the blue is is very <laughs> off-putting also like the whole movie is pretty much Corey haim like talking on someone's shirt going like please please tell me what's going on <laughs> and it, yeah it just makes it you know, it, it's not very rewarding. Everyone wants Corey Haim to die. Yeah. What I think is really funny is that Corey Feldman is like the sleazy experienced guy and he's like six months older than the other two. None of this makes any sense. But I think mm. that that's why it plays. It is uh, like absolutely <laughs> a sexy by numbers, but the numbers are like very visible throughout. It, it, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. It's a dumb fuck movie, but it's it's quite fun to watch. It's just you know. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna oh, it's it's a winner. if you're gonna pick one, I I would probably argue with the gentleman on the panel here that, that the answer is always Jim Wynorski. Uh, no, Wynorski <laughs> is too like I, to me the Wynorski like she's too she was uncertain. That was the uncertain first step into motion pictures, and she didn't know what she was doing. And in Blown Away, she also didn't know what she was doing. But she also kind of like stepped into at least a clear vision of a femme fatale. It just, it almost feels like the director of this is somehow sleazier than Jim Wynorski, where oh, he was 100%. like, No, this oh, is a yeah, fucking, like, I, this I is can a leverage their movie. fucking sexual relationship to get this woman naked on screen. And that's going to fucking. Oh, God, no, no. This, this is a weird, creepy movie. I'm not denying that for a second. I'm just saying this is the quintessential Nicole Eggert film in my experience, no. having watched oh, five of them for some reason in the last week. Well, to be fair, we watched six. Uh. six? Oh, God, that's right. We did watch the Omega Syndrome, <laughs> which we won't be talking right, about. Well, I, I realize that we've talked about Nicole Eggert more than any human being alive since 1993. <laughs> Uh, but we do have to wrap this up. So, gentlemen, uh, I'm going to ask you not only to put something over this week, but also based on title alone, what is your favorite Jim Wynorski movie? Just based on the title. So, Myros, what are you putting over this week? Well, I, I, I was going to put over just, you know, fire up Tubi, type in Jim Wynorski, and fucking enjoy the next six days of your life, baby. Uh, <laughs> he's made a thousand films. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, obviously, his his finest uh, titles. It's got to be. He really got into the parody, uh, the porn parody. We'll say. I mean, softcore porn parody later in, in his career. Uh, a lot of these under the old blueberry moniker. So, what the pick? I think I'm going to go with which is a Breastwick. Mm, <laughs> classic, classic. 
All right. And uh, you putting over anything this week, Myros? Well, uh, or just, you're just Jim Wynorski yeah, and the Witches of Brasswood? I'm West. talking, I'm putting over Jim Wynorski on Tubi. You know, you'll avoid the, the real porn stuff and you're, you're going to get yourself a treasure trove. I've done it myself. You've, you've got a solid like 20 to 30 classic films. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jack, what do you put over this week? Well, that's, this is a great question. I mean, on the one hand, I, I see that Jim Wynorski's latest film. 2022 is attack of the 50 foot cam girl you know, <laughs> that's got to be a classic right that's got to be great but but i mm. mean winoski actually did make chopping mall which is a legitimately great genre film i was, I was gonna yell really at you great. for saying that steve said to pick it on title only but chopping mall is also an amazing pun so you it is no it, it is a really ways. great pun it is also actually a really great movie. It is. It's got killer robots in a mall and lasers and exploding heads. It's a winner. Y you can't go wrong. Chopping Mall is great. I know he's like fucking, I feel like 300 movies that are basically some variation of uh, Bikini Dinosaur Island. Uh, watch one of those too if you feel like it. You know, why not? Uh, Dino Croc sure, versus Super Gator. No, don't do it. Just you're, you're <laughs> worth more than that. I mean, uh, most of these fall into my put over. Dino Croc, Super Gator, fucking Shark and Saw, Women's Prison Massacre, Piranha Conda. <laughs> They're all there. Just he is, head to two. He Here's one movie called. Here's one movie called a Doggone Christmas, and it's a, about a dog with telepathy. And if you're curious, if you're curious, <laughs> folks, just head to Tubi. Yeah, it's there for you, free of charge. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm. No, Winorski is absolutely the filmmaker that Tubi supports. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, 100%. And Opvac also supports him. He's a goddamn national treasure. Uh, Jim Winorski, people. Yeah, he's great. Well, I'm going to go with maybe, maybe one of his sexier movies. Why not? And I, I've got a couple of faves. I mean, there's The Bear Wench 2, Book of Babes. There's The Hills Have Thighs. The Busty Cop series. We all love the Busty Cop series. Uh, my, one of my personal favorites, and this is what I would normally pick because uh, it's just, it's so silly sounding, but House on Hooter Hill. <laughs> I just like Hooter Hill. <laughs> That's just fun for me. But the one I'm going to choose is a 2015 Jim Wynorski classic called Scared Topless. And if you were to boil down the Jim Wynorski ethos to its absolute essence, what makes Jim Wynorski scared topless? That's it. It's, it's just goofy horror and women without shirts. So, I am very, I am very excited for his upcoming film, Bigfoot or Bus. Mm. I, I'm, yeah. I wonder well, what well, the bus refers to. It could be, you know, breast size. It could be, you know, ejaculate. It could be any number of things, but, uh, <laughs> we all know that Wynorski will deliver on one front or the other. Maybe he's playing blackjack. I just, Hooter Hill. That's just fun it to say. It is. It is. All right. Well, so yeah, uh, hop on Tubi, watch House on Hoover, Hooter Hill. I don't think that one's on there, Hooter unfortunately. Hill. I think it's a little too, it's crossed the line. It's too porny. Oh, wow. That's, that's really, really sad. But I bet. Camel Spiders is on there, or Munchie Strikes Back, one or the other. Uh, we do have Munchie. We have Big Bad Mama 2. We have even some of his classic old films that people may have 
humanly heard of, like Death Stalker Two, Chopping Mall, Return of Swamp Thing. Yeah, it's all there. Oh, that's a good one. I he was really good, like in the eighties. Wynorski was really good at making sequels to shitty movies that already existed, yeah. that nobody really wanted a sequel to. And so something as dumb as like Nine Seven Six Evil. Oh yeah. Like, oh, that's a stupid movie. And he was like, I'm going to make a movie called 976 Evil 2. Brilliant. Yeah, mm, and the star of that film also went on to a, uh, a profound pornogra- pornography. Pornography. <laughs> yes, I can say this word. Pornographic <laughs> career, we'll say. Uh, you know, 9762 Evil. Uh, it, I believe that film stars one Evil Ed from, uh, what's that uh, ripoff? Bright Night. Bright Night, yes. Which which that uh, that actor went on to be a a famous pornographer, uh, as is Jim Wynorski. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, uh, you know, if if you're interested in Jim Wynorski, or if you have any questions, comments, death threats, marriage proposals, optimismvaccine at gmail dot com, or you can tweet at us at optimismvaccine. Also, if you want to hear what the actual worst Nicole Eggert movie is, we're going to cover <laughs> it, but it's a Patreon exclusive. So uh, in order to do that, you're going to have to subscribe to our Patreon. And if you subscribe at any level, not only we get access to that episode, but you will also get a free movie in the mail from me. That's right. As long as you live in the continental United States, I'm going to fucking mail you a package. How cool is that? Steve, Very do you have exciting. copies of this movie? What movie? Of, of which one? <laughs> of, of, the Eger, of the worst Egger movie. The Egger. <laughs> I bet there are no uh, you know, co- there are no copies of this I, movie. I don't know, but rest assured, if they exist, I'll buy them on eBay and send them to Jack's house, uh, as <laughs> so I've done in the past. This way, I have a fucking laser disc of Da Vinci's War. Because <laughs> <laughs> fucking Steve gets on the internet after a couple of drinks, and next thing I know, I own laser discs. Yeah, exactly. And this and this is this is the difference because like, so Jake is like, I'm gonna have a kid, and I have to like pay for diapers, and I'm like, I don't have a kid. I'm gonna send a laser disc to Jack's house. So you know that's the difference between us. But anyways, uh, yeah, it, tweet at us, email us. Make sure also you check out the link in the description to this podcast so you can join the Patreon. And uh, oh, what joyous, wonderful things await you! So. With that, see you next week. 